Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. We're going to take you back to New York City where actually the full extent of the ruin caused by Sandy is only now coming into focus. So let's go to ABC's Dan Harris, our colleague who is in Staten Island tonight. Dan? 13 feet of water swept across Mapleton Avenue. All right, we're leaving them in place. Right? The National Guard found the bodies here of two people trapped by the surge. One was in a window. This is what's left of her home. It hurts. I mean, I cried for a few days, but I mean, there's nothing else I can do. I mean, there's no more water left in my body to cry. It's, everything is gone, and I'm accepting it now. I'm the National Guard. Is anyone home? Today, the National Guard went door to door to deliver water and military meals ready to eat. Shake it. Yeah, so that makes it hot. More than half of the people killed in New York City died in Staten Island. <laughs> we're good. We're good. I know. We're good. We're good. We're alive. 470,000 people live here. Dana Canestrasi is furious. Four days passed before help arrived. We are on the forgotten island. Nobody remembers us. Nobody remembers us. Nobody remembers us. Except for God and his people. Amen? Amen. As a matter of fact, if you are ready to get out of your seats and into the streets of Staten Island and the Jersey Shore, can I hear you guys make some noise right now? Let's make some noise, huh? Wow. Awesome. Awesome. As a matter of fact, I want to see a quick show of hands. How many of you actually served this week in some way, shape, or form with the Sandy Relief Team here at Liquid Church? Go ahead. raise. The, can we thank these people right here raising their hands? Awesome. See you guys back there? Awesome. Good stuff. You guys need to know that Liquid Volunteers actually mucked out flooded homes in three different tri-state locations yesterday. Lake Como or South Belmar, there were about 20 homes there that were mucked out. That just simply means cleaned out these flooded homes, okay? Long Beach Island by Beach Haven West, you need to know that there were about 60 groups of volunteers helping the recovery efforts, cleaning up the Jersey Shore there. And then, of course, there is Staten Island, okay? We were redeployed to the Midland Beach area that honestly, I gotta, there's no other way to say this. It is like a war zone in Staten Island. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny here. This is serious stuff. And, and that's actually where I was yesterday on Staten Island. You, you gotta understand here, guys, the homes there are completely knocked off of their foundation, okay? I was in homes where the, where the wall of water reached the second floor. Can you imagine this? Okay. Look at this here kitchen right there. The ocean literally tore through, and we had to gut down walls basically to their studs. Cars were full of seaweed, completely having been submerged in ocean waters. Your eyes literally could not believe. They couldn't understand what they were looking at. Folks... The people there are still so raw and hurting. I mean, there is tremendous heartache and a sense of absolute shock and loss. And folks, I got to say this. This is one of the 
big reasons. This is the main reason why we are shifting our focus this Thanksgiving. I'm talking about this outreach, why we are shifting our focus from Belmar to Staten Island this Thursday. Now, I got to be extra clear in this. I want you to hear me out on this. I want you to pay attention, okay? Because this is important and it changes the plans of all of us as an entire church. Two specific things. Hear me out. Number one is this. This Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we are no longer serving in Belmar, New Jersey, as we originally planned, uh, like we did last week. We are not serving in Belmar, New Jersey. Number two, instead, we are redirecting our efforts to Staten Island, where the need is the absolute greatest. And let me just explain to you why we're making this shift, because many of you are starting to understand already. This hurricane recovery stuff, it's a very fluid thing, and it's constantly changing, okay? You need to understand that since last Sunday, we've actually had over a 1,000 volunteers sign up. Can we thank God for that? Over a 1,000 of you have signed up, okay? to volunteer with these efforts. That's amazing. Your heart is to serve. That is just amazing. However, you need to also understand that Belmar officials were like so completely overwhelmed by the amount of volunteers that they were receiving everywhere. See, Belmar, I, I didn't know this, but Belmar is actually one of those smaller towns. I, you hear about it, so you think it's big, but it's actually a very small town. It's only got a population of 5,000 people. And so this idea of a 1,000 plus volunteers descending, yeah, des that's a 50 of their population, okay, descending on this storm-damaged town was absolutely overwhelming. You, you got to understand, they are still in shock and recovery mode, and our heart is to help, not hurt that process. Everyone understands this, okay, right? So as a result, we are redirecting our efforts to Staten Island where the need is tremendous. It is, it is the greatest in Staten Island. And, and we saw this actually this past weekend. Staten Island can accommodate, they can more than accommodate a thousand volunteers right now and put us to work yesterday. That's what they can do, okay? The need is so great. So we ramped up our efforts there. Last week, as a matter of fact, Liquid sent over 200 volunteers to muck out, to clean out flooded homes. And we were there again yesterday with still many, many, many blocks to go. So if you signed up for Thanksgiving on this Thursday, our plans are changing just a little bit. Staten Island is now the disaster recovery mode zone. That's the area that we're targeting. The people there, um, you need to understand, okay, they are not in party mode <laughs> as we originally envisioned, okay? They, they don't need music and meals as much as they need muscle. They need muscles, guys. So if you signed up to serve this week, I want to reset, I want to tweak your expectations just a little bit. We are not going there to carve out turkey and to throw a dance party. Instead, we're just going to come in open-handed with open hearts and be like, guys, what do you need from us? Whatever you need us to do, we're going to do it. No strings attached. We're here to help, not get in the way. So the key is flexibility. We need to be flexible. I think we realize that this whole crisis, it's not about us. It never, ever was. And we want to do whatever helps our neighbors the most. Amen? Does that make sense? Amen? Awesome, awesome. Good stuff. So here's the deal, guys. If you signed up to serve on Thanksgiving, 
you need to understand that there are three things that you all need to know. And here is number one, okay? Gloves. Let's talk about gloves and work, <coughs> and work boots, okay? Uh, you, need to, you need to understand, you're going to get dirty. You are going to get dirty. This is not an office party, okay? You guys got one of these? If you don't have one, go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot. There's a plug for them, okay? Buy yourself some work gloves. Come in your old work boots, your tennis shoes, whatever it is. You are going to get dirty. Number two, the second thing that you need to realize, I love talking about this. Let's talk about food, okay? We are going to talk about food. Yes, we are going to serve some food, some lunch for our volunteers, some of the residents there, anyone that wants it, but it won't be like turkey and, and all the trimmings and a Thanksgiving dinner, okay? In fact, it may be as simple as giving a sack of lunch to a house full of volunteers that are mucking that place out, okay? So if you need to, maybe you're like me, okay? You need to have your, your Thanksgiving dinner. That's great. No judgment, no shame or anything like that. Go and have it, but have it before or have it afterwards, okay? You, we're not going to have it then and there. And the third thing, the third thing is, is this. Listen up, you parents. Let's talk about kids, okay? Parents, you need to use discernment. Here's what I'm talking about, okay? This muck out process, I have to say, having been there yesterday, I don't think it's really suitable for those who are 14 and under because the environment is so intense, okay? There's fetid water mold, a broken glass all over the place, rotting furniture, heavy machinery. Remember, this is still a disaster area in recovery, okay? The Red Cross is there giving out tetanus shots. The National Guard has not left, okay? That's the kind of environment we're talking about. Now, you need to also understand, they've welcomed us, okay? They've welcomed our family of volunteers, you know, 1,000 people, because the need is so tremendous. And we're going to train you guys as soon as you get there. But if you have little kids, as I do, this is not the best environment for them. More mature kids, yeah, you know, maybe they'll be able to help, you know, with the lunch, handing out that kind of stuff. Maybe if they're a little bit older, a little bit more mature, we'll give them a broom. They can sweep a stoop or something like that. But, but that's really it. Parents, you need, to, you need to know. You know your child the best. So please, just use your own discernment. And I apologize. I really do. If you have small children and this sort of, you know, changes your family plans for this Thursday, listen, it did for me as well. But you know what? Here's the deal. The situation on the ground is way more acute than we thought. We want to help and not hinder the recovery process. That makes sense. Yeah, nod your head if that makes sense, right? Awesome, awesome. See, so that is Thursday. We'll be meeting in Staten Island. I know some of you have a lot of questions and stuff like that. That's okay. If you signed up to serve, doesn't matter what day, doesn't matter where, you will receive an email with specific directions, with specific instructions and maps and all that stuff by the end of Business Tuesday. You will receive an email. So don't worry. All your questions will be answered, I promise. If you signed up, to serve maybe on Friday or Saturday. He said, no, no, Thursday I got family stuff, but Friday or Saturday, I am there. I am all aboard. Well, that, you're still good to go. All we're doing is we're simply rerouting our teams from Belmar 
to Staten Island. That's it. So Friday and Saturday, good to go. Belmar to Staten Island. And for those of you who scheduled yourself for LBI, how many of you guys schedule yourself for LBI? You're volunteering in LBI? Awesome. Great. Nothing has changed, okay? So just ignore that first part of the message, all right? You already were. Anyways, nothing changed, okay? LBI stays exactly the same. So there it is, okay? We're going to be serving New Jersey and New York this week. Now I know our t-shirts will say, Jesus loves Jersey, right? <laughs> but we love our New York family too, right? All right, okay, again, you'll get a confirmation email this week. Don't worry about it. You'll get the final directions by Tuesday. So thank you guys for understanding. That's awesome. And honestly, I'm excited. I am so excited to see an army of red t-shirts just invading LBI, Staten Island, cleaning, sweeping, praying, and loving on them, bringing hope in the hurricane. By the way, did you guys know this? That's actually the symbol of a hurricane. It's, it's a black dot on a red flag. And that's our message, that in the middle, even in the middle of this whole sandy disaster, that we are here to show Jesus loves Jersey and maybe even our friends in New York, okay? Something else cool I just want to share with you real quick, okay? Uh, we've actually been inundated by phone calls, emails, texts, all this stuff, all these requests from other churches around the nation that want to partner with us in helping Sandy Thanksgiving. And you know what? In a crisis like this, as a pastor, I, I've just been so encouraged by that. I just think that that's so cool that, that the bride of Christ, that all these churches are coming together in one body. And, and so Liquid is proud to partner with folks like Dr. David Ireland and Christ Church in Rockaway and Montclair on a local basis. There's Emmanuel Church in Maryland, uh, pastored by uh, Pastor Vic Simpson. There's Cross Timbers Church in Texas. There's churches in Oregon and as far as Washington State. There is even, check this out, there is even, a church plant in Hawaii. Aloha, okay? Yeah, they're sending us resources to help us with the cause, okay? That's just to name a few. So actually, yeah, can we actually do that? Can we take a second to thank our brothers and sisters from around the world? Let's thank them for partnering with us. Aloha, mahalo. <laughs> Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. This is exciting stuff. Well, guys, what I want to do this morning is to help us understand exactly why, why we're investing so much time, money, and resources as a church to restore the hope to these families. Because on one level, we have to understand, right? Let's just acknowledge we're not first responders, right? That, that's actually not our main calling. That's not our main ministry. Uh, we're not in the development business, right? We're not trying to solve deep systemic issues like poverty or disasters that, that plague our world. We are a church. We're a church. And that means that we provide spiritual care for hurting people in tangible ways that actually show the love of Christ. We're not here to solve, but we are here to serve. We're here to serve. And for that, the reason for that is simple, okay? As Christians, if you think about it, we believe Jesus came to earth and that he lived and died and rose again and that he did all these things to actually serve us, to meet our spiritual needs. His blood was shed for our sins so that we could be healed and made whole and adopted into God's family. But 
there's actually a little bit more to our faith, isn't there? See, we don't just believe that Jesus died and was raised back to life again and that's it. No, no. We actually believe that Jesus is coming back again. That there's a second coming. He's coming again. See, we have hope of Christ's return to this very broken world. And the Bible talks a lot about the second coming of Christ, the coming of Christ, or the final judgment, which is part of our motivation for serving people in, in need. In fact, I, I want to show you how Jesus himself, Jesus himself described this in Scripture. Uh, would you turn to me uh, with this? Actually, turn with me in your Bibles to this very challenging passage. It comes to us in Matthew chapter 25. It's found on page 690 in your scriptures. This is actually a very challenging passage, very convicting, okay? We're going to read this together. Jesus is talking about returning to earth, which could be next week. It could be Christmas. It could be who knows. No one knows. But the Bible says believers need to be ready because whenever Christ returns, here's what Jesus says. Check this out. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry. And you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer the Lord. When? Jesus, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for who? Me. Then he will say to those on his left, I don't know what you guys did over here, okay? But it, then he will say, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devils and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Uh, they will also answer, Lord, Lord, hold on, time out, wait a second. When did we see you hungry? I didn't see you. When were you thirsty and a stranger needing clothes, sick in prison? When did we not help you? I would have helped you if I saw you. He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for who? Me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Sheeps and goats. If you're sitting on this side, you're, you regret it already, don't you, okay? <laughs> Sheeps and goats. That's how Jesus says he'll tell the difference between true believers on the one hand and spiritual posers on the next. But their deeds, by their deeds, Jesus will know them. See, guys, there are three big ideas I need to share with you this morning, especially, especially in the context as we get ready to serve others in need. And the first point is this. Jesus teaches us small acts reveal big faith. Small acts reveal big faith. If you're taking notes, that's big idea number one. Jesus says, whatever you do, even if it's handing someone a drink of water, serving them a meal, putting, them a, putting an arm around them and praying for them and everything that they've lost, no matter how tiny or small or insignificant you think it is, it's actually a demonstration of big faith. 
So I need you guys to keep this in mind as you serve in the days ahead. See, from God's perspective, there are no small acts of mercy. Everything, everything counts. It's all a big deal. I mean, just notice the way Jesus cites six different examples of people with tangible needs. He says, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was a stranger, I needed clothes, I was sick, I needed someone to visit. And what do these things have in common? They're all illustrations, they're all pictures of deprivation, people lacking the basics. Something they need has been stripped away, it's been taken away. I was a stranger. In other words, I didn't have a home to live in. And guys, on one level, that's a material need. But you need to understand the emotional impact that the loss of those things can be on someone. It can be devastating. Now, I don't know if you saw this. There's this one woman who was interviewed by NBC. Her name is Phyllis Puglia. Uh, she and her husband have been li living in Staten Island, okay, for years and years. NBC actually encountered her as she was sorting through the rubble the day after the storm, okay? And folks, this is the kind of emotional impact that Jesus is talking about. Phyllis Puglia has been living in Staten Island since 1997, and she saw disaster brewing. She and her husband evacuated to safety and stayed with family on higher ground. I sat my house. After she saw her home had been lifted by the force of the storm surge and carried away, she went looking for it. Balancing precariously on wooden planks, the 62-year-old grandmother made her way across a waterlogged field of debris and found her greatest treasures scattered nearly a mile away. See, a wedding photograph. See my mom? Yeah, but there's so many more. There's got to be more with my father. Yeah. My mom my mom was a simple lady. Did you have many copies of this? No. So this, this is, is the only photograph. This is the only wedding photograph of my mom. So finding out. all these photographs. Oh, they I mean, mean the world to me. They mean, my pictures mean the world to me. But most of Phyllis and her husband's world is gone. This is our whole life, but it's here. How do we start over? We took 30 years to get our home. And now he retired, and we're in our 60s, and, and where do we go? How do we start to build a life all over again? You're in a state of it's, shock. You're, it's, you're it's, overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's like a nightmare. In one minute, it's like I think I want to wake up, and this is all a dream. You know? Thought we're going to spend the rest of our lives here. We never wanted to leave here. I want to go home, but there's no home. I can't go home, and that's killing me. See, guys, when there's... When there's a disaster like that, when disaster strikes, there's a material loss. The physical stuff, a lot of that just tends to go. But there is a spiritual side to this. There's this, this emotional devastation, the grief. I mean, did you hear the loss of hope in her voice? She's saying, I, I want to go home, but there is no home. There actually is no home. We've lived there for 30 years. How will we start over? They're supposed to be retiring now, and they're starting over. See, that's the natural response to grief and loss, when everything in your life has been stripped away. You know, we didn't show this, but later on in that same report, they actually show Phyllis sifting through the rubble 
trying to find her mother's wedding ring. I mean, you talk about trying to find a needle in a haystack. But you realize why she's doing it. You realize what that represents to her. You know, after Superstorm Sandy, you know, Eric and I, we lost power as a family for six days. There were two trees that were down in our backyard, didn't hit our house. But you know what? We weren't deprived. We were inconvenienced. That's it. It's just an inconvenience. That's a big difference from God's perspective. See, see God says, when you care about people who've lost everything, I mean, tragedy has really stripped everything away. There are no small details. Everything's a big deal. It all counts. I was thirsty, you gave me water. I was hungry, you fed me. I needed clothes, you clothed me. Hmm. I, I was homeless, and you sent a, an army of volunteers, and they served. I was forgotten. The camera crews left. But your church came and they served. Guys, this is not charity. We're not talking about hospitality. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about worship. Do you know that this is one of the ways that we actually worship Christ? Which leads us to our second secret here that Jesus reveals in Matthew 25. And that is this. Jesus is actually closer than you think. See, what I love about the sheep is that the true believers who, who respond with this outpouring of mercy, they don't even see it at first. They don't even recognize the significance of what they're doing as they're really serving Christ. They don't see Jesus amidst the rubble. The, the passage says, then the righteous will answer them, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison to go and visit you? Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And this is amazing. Because Jesus is essentially saying here, whenever, whenever you go out and serve people in crisis, people who have nothing, I am right there with them. I am actually closer than you think. I'm not just in church on Sunday. I'm actually with them among my people, but I'm in disguise. I may even actually have a strong island accent, but I'm there, okay? He's there. It's like we're doing it directly for him. See, fancy theologians... They speak of God having a solidarity for the poor. That, that in a very real sense, God's heart has this special sensitivity for those who are most vulnerable. The knocked down, the pummeled, the beaten up, those who lack everything, the truly needy. Theologians say that he's got a special place in his heart for them. And it's true. Jesus says, when you look into the eyes of someone who's lost everything, you are actually looking into my own eyes. You're looking into my eyes. When you muck out a house, you're actually preparing a place for Jesus to lay his head. In other words, as we serve those who are hurting, we should expect to find Jesus. We should expect to encounter Jesus in disguise. You see, 
Jesus. You're going to see Jesus down at the Jersey Shore. It's not just Snooky, okay? You're going to see Jesus across the Verrazano Bridge. As a matter of fact, some of us, some of us already have. Uh, folks, I, I got to introduce you to my friend Anthony Gaddy, okay? I actually had the privilege of meeting Anthony in Staten Island yesterday, this time yesterday, okay, where I was a guest in his home, and I got to hear his story. And it's an incredible one. See, you got to understand that on the night of the hurricane, Anthony, he found his brother trapped in the car in his driveway because the floodwaters had pinned the door shut. They had risen so high, he couldn't open the car door because of the pressure of the water. And the water was rising. And so Anthony had to actually smash the car window to drag his brother out of there. And then they ran into the house through the living room, which was already flooding. Water's rising about eight feet high. They ran up to the stairs of the second floor and couldn't get back down because the stairs had collapsed from the pressure of this water. So guys, understand this, okay? You've got my buddy Anthony and his brother trapped on the second floor of their house. And the water is not stopping anytime. It keeps on rising. It actually rose to the window of the second floor. Do you understand what I'm saying? The water was rising to the second floor of their house, to the window of the second floor. And Anthony, he says to me, Pastor Tom, we knew we were going to die. This is just a couple weeks ago. They look outside the window and they see 20 foot. He said it was a tsunami. He said, the, the reporters, they're not talking about this, but it was a tsunami here in Staten Island. We knew we were going to die. And at that moment, Anthony and his brother, they just start hugging each other. These are like tough Staten Island guys. They are hugging each other. They are crying. They are praying. Anthony's saying to his brother, you know, uh, there's a couple things that, that I need to tell you before we go. They're having that conversation. And the waters just keep on rising. And so they're holding each other. They're crying and they're praying. And they're waiting. They're actually waiting to die. Until somehow, miraculously, a police boat shows up to their second story window and drags them out and brings them to higher ground. <laughs> That's amazing. Guys, they lost everything. And this is hard to imagine. Uh, here's their living room, okay? This family lived in there for 32 years. This is their little height chart. You guys have this at home? I got this for my three girls, okay? You know, where you, you pencil in how tall they are, when the, uh, what time of the year. Anthony, actually, he was telling me the story how he and his brother actually remodeled. It was their mom's dream for like 20 years. Oh, I just want a new kitchen. Remodeled the kitchen. They did that six months ago, Brand new appliances. Yeah, that is a refrigerator. That's a refrigerator that floated and just toppled over. Okay? When the water receded, the children's toys were buried in the... This is not like news clips, guys. This is what we saw with our own... Yesterday. These are our own cameras that we took. Okay? The National Guard has been there. All, they have not left. 
They actually found an American flag that was part of his house, and they presented it to Anthony because Anthony served in the U.S. Army. Yeah, let's, let's give them a big hand. We can do that. Folks, there's no surprise. There is no surprise that, that, that Anthony broke, that I broke down as he's telling this story. But this is, I want you to hear what he said to me. He said this, Pastor Tom, I thank the Lord Jesus for sending you guys today. That's what he says. See, Anthony, you have to understand this. I didn't, I didn't mention this until now. Anthony is also a believer. He was walking around with this big old honking silver cross on a chain, okay? What's going on there, huh? <laughs> so I asked him. I, I said to him, you know, what's, what has this actually done for your faith? Like, I just can't even imagine, Anthony. I'm, I'm, like, supposed to go and preach tomorrow to our church, okay? I wish I could have you come and preach. Like, what has this actually done for your faith? This is what he says. At first, I got angry with God. I have to be honest with you. Why would you let this happen to me? But then I thought of Job. I thought of Job who lost everything, his home and his family. But God saved my family. Why did he do that? And now, Pastor Tom, now, now you're here. And your church is here. God is sending people who I don't even know to encourage us. And people have been so generous, he says. So my faith is shaken, yeah, but it's not been taken. And I know that God will use this and make my faith stronger because of it. Those are Anthony's words, not mine. And so Anthony put this sign in his front yard yesterday. You see it there? I don't know if you can read it. It says, our family wants to thank each and every one of you who came from near and far to help us in our time of need. Thank you. Guys, is this incredible or what, huh? This is amazing stuff. This is amazing stuff. And you know what? That's what I love about East Coast Christians, okay? I love Hawaii, the West Coast, all that. That's great, okay? Our friends over there, no offense. But I love this about East Coast Christians, okay? Because you know what? Yeah, you know something? We may be a little rough around the edges, okay? But we're honest and heartfelt. And when I saw this tough Staten Island, he's an electrician. This, when I looked into Anthony's eyes, I saw a man who lost everything he owned, but I also saw Jesus Christ who gave him everything he has. That's the amazing thing. And although everything around us was in ruins, I mean, it, it was just rubble everywhere. It smelled like mold everywhere. But you know what? I have not been on holier ground this week, including this stage. It's true. So folks, understand this. As you physically serve people, the impact is profoundly spiritual. As you serve physically, the impact is spiritual. Yes, of course, there's the physical part, right? Mucking things out, breaking down drywall, sweeping things up, throwing things out. But there's also a spiritual side as well. And as you stand with people who've lost everything, you need to understand that you are standing with Christ Jesus, that you are comforting brothers and children of Christ. So if you carry a sofa this week, if you're mucking things out, if you're throwing out furniture, I'm going to ask you this as your pastor. Please be sensitive. 
It may look like trash to us. It may look like junk. It may smell horrible, okay? But you know something? That couch is where they've watched TV as a family for 32 years. They've had birthday parties in there. They've had family meetings in there. They've lounged around and been in their pajamas there for 32 years. It's their memories that are actually being tossed out into the dumpster. Guys, this is a huge moment for spiritual care, for prayer, and for comfort. I, I prayed with Anthony, and, and he began crying. I began crying, and he just, I just, I will not forget the way that he just kept on thanking us. Like, this man was thankful. He just kept on thanking us for being there. <sighs> so incredible. So, guys, just try and wrap your mind around this with me, okay? This week, whether you muck out a house or hand someone a sandwich or sweep around, I need you to put your spiritual glasses on. I don't care if your vision's 20-20. Everyone here has spiritual glasses, okay? I need you to put your spiritual glasses on so that you can actually see Jesus. It is Jesus who you are serving. It's Jesus who you are helping. People whose lives have been shattered, our, God, our God's heart aches for them. When, when you give money, when you give money to support this cause, you're helping feed and clothe Christ himself. There's nothing more practical. Surprise, okay? Jesus lives on Staten Island. He's next door neighbors with Anthony, okay? He has cannolis with Phyllis Puglia, all right? Think of it that way, okay? As we serve them this week, we should expect to encounter Jesus Christ there. And guys, this is what being a true believer is all about, putting your faith in action. Because the third and final point is this. Talk without walk is worthless. It's worthless. I mean, just, just look at what happens to the goats here. These are Christ's words, not my own, okay? So I'm not going to apologize. This is what he says. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Why? Why so harsh? Whoa, tone it down. For I was hungry. You gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You didn't invite me in. I needed clothes. You didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you? Hungry, thirsty, a stranger, needing clothes, sick, prison. When, when did we not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do, whatever you did not do, for one of the least of these, you did not do for who? Me. Me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I'll be straight up honest with you right now. This is a chilling passage to me, okay? Jesus is talking about hell. And his point is this. I want to be clear. His point is faith in Christ is what saves you. Period. Faith in Christ. That's it. Not your works, just faith. Faith in Christ is what saves you. But it's the fruit that you produce that proves whether or not you got that faith, that true, genuine faith. See, people who've lived this life apart from the love of God, apart from his mercy, apart from his compassion and forgiveness, at their core, they are all about themselves. 
They're just too proud. They're too proud to acknowledge their need for God. And so at the end of life, it's actually very logical. At the end of life, they don't live in heaven. Instead, they get what they've wanted all along, and that is a life without God. It's hell. They're just getting what they've wanted all this time, a life without God. And, and they go there, according to Jesus, not for the bad things that they've always done, okay? Uh, sometimes I think of it that way, like, oh, I'm going to hell because of the bad things I've done. No, no, no. Jesus says in this particular passage that they go there for the good things that they never did. In other words, their faith never proved itself to be genuine. See, it's like when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, he says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Didn't I preach in your name? And in your name drive out demons and, and perform all these miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. In other words, some people will talk the talk, but Jesus will walk. Yeah. Are you getting this? I mean, see, in our context, you need to think of it this way. We're going to hand out those T-shirts, right? Some people are going to wear the T-shirts, and they're going to be like, yo, I served on Thanksgiving. Praise God. Staten Island. Yeah, I served. I served. But Jesus is going to be like, really? Huh. Because I never really saw you there. This is hard teaching. But guys, as a pastor, I wanted to share this with you today. I had to share this with you today out of love because we are a church of grace and truth. Grace and truth. You guys need to understand this. This is amazing stuff here. And the truth is your motives actually count towards God. God sees your heart and only he knows whether your faith is authentic and true and sincere. So folks, I need to encourage you. I want to challenge you right now to put your faith in action this weekend for the right reasons. See, we aren't going there to make ourselves feel better or to kind of pat ourselves on the back. Or, or because people, you know, uh, f folks think we need a charity case, but because we truly believe Jesus Christ gave his life for us and that he's coming again. That's why we're going. And we want to serve him sincerely with passion and be a part of the kingdom come on earth just like it is in heaven. Okay? So guys, here's the deal. I'm going to ask everyone here, put your faith in Christ first. Okay, put your faith in Christ, but then put your faith in action. Like two sides of the same coin, okay? One follows the other. They fit hand in glove. Put your faith in Christ, and then put your faith in action. Guys, don't be a goat. Here's what I need to say. I need to say this. Some of us in here, okay, some of us here are going to be able to go. Uh, you will make yourselves available. You will find that time in your schedule. You will make that sa sacrifice. Some of us are able to go, but I need to say this. All of us here need to give. I'm going to say that unashamedly. All of us need to give. 
And, and I want to thank, actually, let me, let me take this time to thank each and every one of you who have already donated financially to this outreach. As you heard Pastor Tim share last week, we did not budget for this as a church, okay? We didn't know that this would be happening, okay? We're close to God, not that close, all right? Uh, we, don't, we don't have the money, okay? We don't have the money on hand to serve all these families. We just don't. We don't have that kind of money on hand. So this is a step of faith for us. But I tell you something, when we hear the shepherd's call, we want to follow. Your leadership wants to follow. This church wants to follow. Okay, And I know that many of you want to follow too. So I'm asking every single person here to please find it in your heart to give financially. As you heard Pastor Tim share last week, we've made hurricane relief a key part of this year's Christmas offering. At Christmas, think of it this way. Christ came to serve us, and now we need to serve our neighbors. So if you can give financially, you need to give. Just do that. So if you can give a financial gift, it would make a huge difference, a world of difference. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, everyone in here, you should have one of these in your program. Can you go ahead and look for this? Find this offering envelope in your program today. Go ahead and take that out. Okay? If you are new to our church, understand this. You need to know this is a generous church. You walked into a generous church today. Why? Because our God is generous. And so whenever there's been a critical need, our folks here have stepped up and they've given above and beyond. And they do that, they do that, listen to me, they do that not because they're a good person, but because they're a God person. That's why that happens, okay? They put their money where their mouth is and they actually walk the talk. And every single one of us has that opportunity to do that today. So I want to challenge each of you to do the same thing today, this fall, on behalf of the least of these. This isn't a charity, guys, okay? Serving Christ is actually a privilege, all right? So please, give generously today to our offerings and to our uh, special Christmas offering. If you've been holding back financially, maybe waiting towards the end of the year, the need is now. The need is today. You can give today uh, in the offering. You can place this envelope. You can put it in the bucket that's about to go by, or you can drop it in the, e uh, in the mail throughout the week, or you can give at Liquid Church online, uh, liquidchurch.com, okay? In fact, I'm going to call our ushers forward. Let's call our lovely, our handsome ushers uh, forward to receive today's offering. Uh, but before we receive it, uh, let's just pray. And let's just thank God for what he is already doing, the lives that he's already touching here in our church, in our state, and the worldwide. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, God, that each of us here, we're actually sitting here in a place because we... Uh, we, we've just been inconvenienced maybe in some ways, but we are actually able to give now. We are able to give out of the graciousness that you've been so gracious and generous to us. We are now able to give to others. I want to pray for the Gaddy family. I pray for my friend Anthony, Lord. Oh, God, I love that guy. I can't believe that it was just yesterday that I met him and his family, and I was just, I was a guest in his home. Two days ago, I didn't know him, but yesterday I met him and I was a guest in his home. Oh, God. And you were there. You were there. I saw you in his eyes. And I got to hug you. I got to pray with you. And I got to serve you. God, I pray 
for every person in this room, every person that can hear my voice, that we would all have that kind of privilege to be able to look you in the eye, to be able to embrace you, and be able to serve you and worship you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for being generous to us. Thank you for being good to us. You are a good God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.